0: Welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today we have a real treat and I'm excited to welcome back Swish, who, uh, for anyone who's been following the journey and the podcast really from the very beginning, I mean, Swish was one of our uh, incredible advisors in the Keogh days and a good friend and also past guest, of course, when this was Keel Conversations. And now, same feed, same people, same awesome humans now behind the human. He is for anyone who uh, didn't catch that conversation or new to Swish, he's an entrepreneur, author, speaker, and investor. He is the CEO of Surf and InfoMediary. I feel like, did you guys make that term up? I, I'm curious. That you will, more with that.
1: It's from a book. It's called Net Worth that came out in 1994. Okay. Uh, but- connotation is basically information integrity.
0: Yeah, it caught yes. my attention for sure. Yeah. Uh, and he's helping brands engage and understand consumers while compensating cons- uh, consumers for their data. He's also the co-founder and host of Track Limits, a podcast providing behind-the-scenes content of drivers, engineers, staff and everything in between in Formula Racing. Swish, welcome back,
1: brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's been a while and you know a lot has changed, but I'm always excited to do second episodes on podcasts I've been on because it's always cool to like look back at yeah thing that went right but equally everything that might not have gone right and talk openly about it.
0: Yeah. Well and just see the journey, right? I mean you know this. It's just it yeah the magic's in the journey. So I can't wait. I mean before we dive into those details and if we can strip away all the titles and everything I just described in the in the bio, uh, same question you would have got years back. Um just who are you? Yeah,
1: I think right now I'm still an entrepreneur very happy with that uh you know i'm still building something i'm incredibly passionate about um it's obviously within the marketing industry still but you know i think for us if you had asked me you know three four years ago you know what really keeps you up at night i think the difference now is that you know we were only a team of like four or five people and now we're a team of over 30 people and okay biggest thing that comes to my mind every day is like I need to show up in the same way that I have over 30 other people at our team showing up as well. So responsibilities wise, role wise, I think my role has changed dramatically as an entrepreneur. But again, I'm still an entrepreneur. I still love you know being a creative. I post content on social media. I just started the Racing podcast. So I'm still that same person that's very curious about taking risks and kind of seizing opportunities wherever I can.
0: What, I mean, just, just over the, over the last few years for you personally, where do you think you've, you've evolved the most, you know, and some of those, like that curiosity or some of the, you know, just the drive to, you know, just try new things and, and bring these products and services to the market.
1: I think drive and curiosity pretty much stayed the same. Like I've always been this yeah. way. Um, I obviously know how to start things a lot quicker now just by based on, you know, doing it now for so long, but Um, even within Surf. I mean, we were previously called TrueFan. We started off as a social analytics product. We made two acquisitions. We brought on two other products. We unified them all together. Then we launched a consumer platform that was called Surf. We decided to rebrand the entire company. So just through that entire four and a half year process, I actually feel like we've had (laughs) three or four different ideas that we found a really cool way to bring all together but it's really been like starting four startups in one in the last four and a half years, and and finding a way to take the best out of each idea and put it all together into a meshing pot. So yeah, that's, Ugh, probably one that's a thing. lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I, but yeah, it's definitely one big thing. It, I just feel like I'm I'm good at you know coming up with an idea now and saying okay, what are the next steps we can take to quickly validate it and then even you know have it jump off the ground.
0: Yeah. I'm just visually seeing because I remember when I, we used to go to your place for our meetings, used to have, I don't know if you still do this, but you used to have these like yellow uh, you know, notepads essentially. Yep. And it was just the amount of yes, yes, <laughs> the amount of text and like boxes yeah. and arrows and, and bullets and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I can imagine at one point there was probably one of those that had all of those companies
1: and things linking yeah. together and be like, hey, this is there's something here. Yeah, there was. And I think for us, again, it takes time to put things together like this. Again, when we made our first acquisition, which was Social Rank in 2019, that wasn't as big of a hindrance in terms of like overall culture, because it was just an asset transfer. We weren't breeding any employees on. But then yeah. when we acquired Player in 2020, that was obviously bringing on their entire team as well. And so that's why it wasn't even just integrating technology at that point, it was integrating people. And having, yeah. by the way, do that in a remote environment because COVID hit and the world you know, flipped upside down and we had to change our entire aspect on how we lead and manage teams altogether. So it's been a ton of learning. Honestly, I've told multiple people this. Like right now we are potentially experiencing a market downturn. I mean, it doesn't phase me because I've seen in the last four and a half years so much in when it comes to like building businesses and doing it during you know, good times and also turbulent times as well. Yeah, it's interesting. That seems to be uh, a bit of a theme,
0: actually, with uh, longtime entrepreneurs or people that have been doing it for a bit. Because I, I, did a series with uh, KPMG High, Gro- High Growth Ventures, and that's the group out of uh, out of KPMG in Australia, and they're ve- they're they're specifically working with early stage startups. So I interviewed we we interviewed a whole bunch of early stage investors and, and the the idea was how can in you know uncertain market conditions and crazy times like how can early stage founders thrive instead of just survive and be financially as well as mentally fit and you know the, the theme that came out the most from from a lot of the investors was, what's different here? <laughs> it's, there, it's always uncertain, you know, for like any entrepreneur will tell you that. I mean, sure, there's a lot of market dynamics and and things that are are a bit different, but there's always massive amounts of uncertainty. So if you can figure yep. out a way to, you know, try to neutralize some of that, at least mentally, then, you know, you get to these, you you get to the, a clear path and like, okay, this is where we need to go. I'm yep. curious for you, Swish, just... You know and 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 maybe we, maybe we should just start with just providing a little bit of context of what surf is, mm-hmm. um, but then just, like how have you handled some of these times and and especially
1: the integration of these teams and whatnot?: Sure, I mean, yeah, with what Surf is, I think at a high level, we compensate people for their data directly, so we have a browser extension available on every major web browser. you can download it, browse like you normally do, get points. With those points, you can utilize them towards items, gift cards, discounts. You can yeah. enter them into giveaways as well. That actually is how we integrated player and the giveaways technology they built into ah. technology with our current ecosystem and what we've done with our browser extension and giving people points. And then well, on the, and inter- the brands,
0: must have been True Fan,
1: right? Yeah, exactly. And then on the enterprise side, we had an analytics platform, and the analytics platform directly supplies data from the browser extension as well as from the people who enter giveaways directly to companies like Amazon Prime Gaming, Netflix, L'Oreal, HP, Polaris, et cetera. So we work with about 50 key enterprises around the world, and they're the ones that actively pay us for access to our platform.
0: I just, I mean, I'm sure you've heard this before, but like there's, there are some products and services where you you sit back and you're like, well, why wouldn't I do this? Like this (laughs) is, right? Because I mean, we're all browsing, we're all doing, and, and, whether we like it or not, for the most part, data is being collected. Like at least in this case, you know yep. you're deciding, and something is you know positive is is coming from this at least for as as the person on the other side. And then as for the for the because there's you know they're essentially, from my understanding. Because um, uh, I'm just collecting points at this point. I'm trying to build up my my total. But then you you know you can redeem your points for their whether they're gift cards or product services and stuff like that. Like it just makes perfect sense. And for a brand, I mean, yep. like, uh,
1: can it be any easier for them? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I mean, and that's the beauty too. It's like, we have thought of reasons of like, why would someone not want to do this? And I think one of the, you know, quickest things that people come up with is well, like, I don't want somebody like tracking where I go on the internet. And I think beyond the argument that like, hey, you're already sharing this data with Google and Amazon and Facebook and getting absolutely nothing back. I think we've done is made sure that people aren't sharing personally identifiable information. So all the data sure. we collect is aggregated and is all demographic information. So okay. you're only providing us your age, gender, and location. You're not providing us your first and last name. You're not providing us even your credit card info or anything. We don't even ask for that info ever. So it's important to note that we're not only building a system that compensates people for their data, but we're trying to give them full transparency into what we do with that data and then also giving them the ability to control and manage their privacy at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. I love it.
0: I mean, congrats to to you and the team for uh, putting this out there, and I'm excited to see where it all goes. More. So, coming back to just some of of challenges or some of the struggles, the things that you know fill your mind, where you have to take some time and, and just try to release some of that and figure out a way through. Like what what have been some of those moments, and, and what I guess what mental fitness has helped you.
1: Yeah, I mean, challenges wise, I think it's been a few. I think number one, when COVID hit, I I really did, like I mentioned, have to change my management style, which went from being in person to virtual. And I also think candidly, like management did not come easy to me. I think it was a kind of a misconception that if you're an entrepreneur, you're automatically a good public speaker or you're automatically a manager. Uh, Those are very untrue. I mean, public speaking is something I had to really work on since I was in grade seven and I joined debate and obviously managing people. I mean. I made a ton of mistakes, you know, 2017, 2018, 2019. Turnover was much higher than it is now. People were leaving the company because they couldn't deal with me. They didn't really feel like they fit into the company. They didn't feel included. Um, and those were things that I really had to turn around. And I turned it around in a remote environment, which I'm really happy with. It's actually why even now, where we could go back into an office space, we've decided to be fully remote even now. So that was one big challenge that I think I had to deal with. And I think the biggest thing I learned about mentally is to always just play the perspective game, like my mom says. You know, Mm. anytime you have an issue, always think first and foremost, like, what is the other person feeling? Like, put yourself really in their shoes and think about this situation from their perspective. And sometimes when you do that, it's actually great because you're A, disarming yourself and B, I think you're getting really to the root of their frustration or the problem. And you're able to think clearly of like, okay, what is a solution here? Is the solution always just throwing money at the problem? Or is there something more that I potentially could do that might alleviate this problem altogether? Especially when it comes, by the way, to managing employees. So I think that was one. And then I think secondly, a, a challenge obviously, you know, was around disconnecting. Like, you know, I think during the pandemic, I I struggled because I'm a very social person. You know me. I love going to events. I love going to dinners. I love speaking on stages um, and having to now do everything virtually, having to not see my friends more than once a week, really not being able to travel really did suck a lot of energy out of me. It changed me in a lot of ways. Um, And so I think for me, one of the things I tried as much as possible to do is really just enjoy being alone a bit more. And that's Mm. something genuinely did not do growing up a lot. Um, but even now, like, you know, I'm still an extrovert, but I definitely feel like as I'm getting older, I'm becoming more and more introverted, which is great. Um, because a lot of times now when I even spend time on my own on an evening, I'm not like, oh, I could be doing this. It's more of like, I am so excited to be able to spend time watching the show or playing a video game or drawing or making music, stuff that again, I wouldn't have done three, four years ago on my own
0: hello friends given you're here i'm making the assumption that you're motivated to be mentally fit so with that in mind i want to let you know about the better questions newsletter which publishes once or twice a month providing all of us the opportunity to slow down think and ask better questions as you know, quality questions are my thing. And this is an opportunity to share the prompts I've studied and curated to help our minds be healthier, clearer, more intentional, and expand our mental capacity. You can sign up over at behindthehuman.com slash newsletter, which will also give you a preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. That's behindthehuman.com slash newsletter. Now back to the show. How do you... How do you catch yourself when you're not spending time alone or, you, you know, you kind of fall into autopilot? There's a lot going on and whatnot. Do you have any, whether they're journaling practice or anything else to just, oh, okay, I'm falling into that loop again. I could really use some, you know, drawing time or whatever it
1: is. Yeah. I mean, I, a, I do try to do as much of calendar blocking as I can. I think it's a okay. really strategy, like put something in your calendar. I even put things like brush teeth, to eat breakfast, have lunch. <laughs> Talk to mom. Go for a walk or run. Like this is—I kid you not—stuff I put in my calendar uh, that the rest of my team can see because it's all a Google calendar and it's That's all a calendar. Um, I think the second thing as well is, you know, I do try texting myself a lot. I think I actually did that even when we chatted at the first. I do remember that because you're one of the few, actually. Yeah.
0: But bring that one up
1: again, because I, I remember that really landing with me. Yeah. I, I, so I anytime I have a thought, I'm always scared of forgetting it. But I'm also like the type of person that likes to reflect on what happened in my day. And I look at my calendar and I look at all the text messages that I've sent myself. So I think I text myself more than I text anybody else. Um, I text myself maybe like 50, 60 times a day. And sometimes they're just stupid ideas. uh, But a lot of times they're reminders. A lot of times there's also like candidly like issues that maybe I haven't fully processed emotionally that I just want to get back to later tonight. Um, So maybe I had like an argument with somebody and I just have to go now and take a spree of calls so I can't fully digest it. I tend to text myself, you know, my initial thoughts, uh, put it into a note or just keep it in text messages. And then later that night, I look back at it. So I can kind of unpack it further and just feel like I fully resolved it and fully come to terms with you know dealing with that situation. If I if I feel like it's done, that, I mean that's full on active journaling.
0: Yeah, you're just you're using texting, which correct. Uh, it it kind of just hit me again. Just uh, it brings me right back to when you first told me that, and and I remember the first time, like, yeah, and probably a lot of people listening, like, you can text yourself? Like, yeah. is that <laughs> even possible? And I'm like, of course it is, but. Um, yeah. I'm going to try that out myself, actually. And it's, um, yeah, I think, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but because I do this with, with you know, digital digital journaling apps, essentially. I use Day One for a lot of this. But I find instead of, you know, just doing, dedicating a, a period of time, for example, maybe in the morning or evening or, or whenever to do that kind of reflection, if you're doing it actively like that, it's like almost like you're continually freeing mental real estate
1: yeah. as you go. right? Yeah. You're you're letting go of something. You're kind of like, exactly like freeing your shoulders of a burden almost. And it just feels like it's on record somewhere. So like if I ever yeah. want to get back to it, I just mentally know that like if I need to get to my to-do list, it's on my piece of paper. If I need to get to like my emotional to-do list, it's on my text message. <laughs> that's all I have, right? And like I just know that there is real estate out there that I can always go to that has my thoughts encapsulated into it. So I can just leave this a little bit empty and open-minded. That's just yeah my perspective. I love it. I love yeah. it.
0: Well, speaking of something or a topic that I imagine gives you a lot of joy and probably gives you some good mental releases and whatnot. I mean, I have to imagine that is all things racing and formula. And of course, well, you tell me, but I, I imagine this is how Track Limits came about in some capacity. Like, yeah. you know, like how did that podcast uh, and show
1: concept Come up, and, and I guess kind of why. Yeah, I don't think we even had the idea for it like seven months ago. It's still very, very new, wow. um, which is crazy just how fast we've been able to like go out to Europe and shoot 40 days to like get yeah. one shoot and then like to NASCAR releasing episodes. is pretty crazy. But um, I was obviously born in Singapore. So when I was born in Singapore, I lived there till I was eight. I went to a lot of Grand Prix growing up with my father, Singaporean Grand Prix, Malaysian Grand Prix. Um, when I moved to Canada, I honestly, wasn't the biggest fan of F1 just because nobody here cared about F1 in like 2005, 2006. So you were in Calgary too, at that point, no hockey town. Um, when I obviously moved to Toronto, basketball and baseball are the two major sports here along with hockey. And so I started kind of consuming more of that sort of content and, I think it was only around 2020 when the pandemic hit. I was like, you know, I kind of want to get a driving simulator. I'd been playing F1 2018 on my laptop, which would overheat my laptop because it's <laughs> such a big game. Yeah. Uh, and I had a really crappy like 2015 MacBook or something back then. But I, um, I decided to, with my console, have a driving simulator. And I got a Logitech G920, um, got the wheel and the pedals and started sim racing. And I was like, you know, what? I'm actually really interested in like the grit. Like I see Lewis Hamilton there and like, I recognize Lewis Hamilton, but like, there were a ton of names there that I'm like, I have no idea who these people are. And I kind of want to get back into the sport. And so I got back into the sport. And what I loved is that I think Drive to Survive came out around that time. And when Drive to Survive came around, a bunch of my friends started watching the show and getting really into F1 as well. And I was able to actually talk to my friends about F1 as well, which was awesome. And again, I came also from like a sim racing background. So I kind of even got them to come on and game with me as well. And I think it was last year in 2022, we went to the Montreal Grand Prix in July and me and three other friends sat together and we're like, why don't we make a podcast? And so that's Henny, Mikey, Thevin, my co-host, co-founders in this project. Uh, and yeah, we decided to go ahead and it's a crazy endeavor. You know, we're still self-funded mm-hmm. every fight. Every lighting equipment, studio that we booked, food, everything is being covered by us. Um, And I think the reason we're doing it is because we just believe we have a really awesome idea uh, in terms of, you know, a different type of podcast. You know, this is not a podcast that is virtual. This is a podcast where we're going in person to wherever our guest is. You know, we're doing it in an environment that's the most comfortable to them. We're a diverse team. We're not just two British white guys talking about racing, which you see everywhere else. Um, and I think it's also important true. that the podcast is also not just about racing. It's about personal questions related to the racers, engineers, mechanics, creators, team bosses. So there's like a really cool spin in terms of the podcast and who we try to focus on and what we talk about.
0: What kind of questions did you ask at the beginning to just conceptualize, you know, how you wanted to do this? Because I mean, it's no, it's no surprise that there are I I'm always hesitant to say that there are many podcasts out there, but many with two episodes or whatever. There's still it's not as I, I really don't think it's as saturated as people really think it for yeah. long shows or people that are going to be consistent with it. Um, but still, it's a bit daunting, right? And I mean, you've been in you've had another show before as well, so you've got a yeah. little bit of background on that. But I'm just curious for this one because there there seems to be a lot of elements you and and like you said even just going in person to film these and and record and whatnot and like even the like little um the last episode i listened to was just you know a quick little summary of the the first race for this season like things like that so yeah what what questions did you guys ask to get this started
1: yeah i think well number one i we definitely asked the question of like what would make a very different experience for a viewer or a listener um, and I think that's where we just had to go out and consume a ton of content. Again, there's no disrespect to the other podcasts as well. Like I still actually enjoy listening to a lot of podcasts like the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. I enjoy listening to Going Purple. I enjoy listening to Pit Stop. I really admire the people who created these podcasts. But for us, again, we wanted to be different because we didn't want to just be another podcast talking about racing. So yeah. that's why like, you know, going in person and having a video version of the podcast along with an audio version trying as much as possible to be with a guest in their most comfortable environment so we can ideally go deeper in our questions and not just keep them surface level, that's another big value prop. And then again, the fact that we're Canadian, you know, the fact that we're not from Europe where racing is far more popular is yeah. North America. Obviously, it's becoming more popular here, but like that is another big value prop as well. So I think just put that all together, kind of couple it with my hard work, persistence, Um, our team's incredible like reach, our team's incredible dedication. And I think you have something quite special. You know, you have like the knitting grit of entrepreneurs mixed in with creatives and it makes for a good combo. Where
0: where do you see where do you see this space just evolving in general? Like just podcasting and whatnot. It's I'm always blown away because it's it's been around for a little bit. And for me, like unless the medium really drastically changed, I just change i i just can never see myself not being behind the mic because and i'm sure you experience this as well like forget just the sponsor stuff and all of that there's i i can't every every corporate gig i've done every interesting opportunity somehow comes back either to this show or me being on another show like it's just it's never ending well, right yeah. so I, even for for your show i am ima- i can only imagine as things go like you know, potential brand collaborations and business opportunities and the people you get to meet, right? Because they're real, authentic
1: conversations. Yeah, well, that's the hope, right? It's like not only bringing on sponsors, but ideally bringing them on in like a very cool way. So like we want to yeah. do differently there as well. Like we've we've turned down certain brands. We've also just looked at categories and say, we will never work with a brand within that particular category. Um, okay. And I think the reason we want to do that is again, going back to being different. We just yeah. we want to make sure that if we are to bring a sponsor on, we're doing it in a very like integrated way, you know? Like, so yeah. um, I think that's, I don't want to say too much, but like, I, I I think that's one big thing is like, that's how we're thinking about sponsorship. But even beyond sponsorship, I mean, there's so much more, right? Like for us, we're just living out our dream as well. Like we're into racing. The fact that we get to go to paddocks now, the fact that we get to go to events, like we got to see the Alpha tari car launch in New York. I mm. mean, would have dreamt to do this stuff when I was a kid. So I, I feel like even if it doesn't work in the sense of like nobody listens to the show and no sponsors come on board, like I still see this as like, a wow, this is a really cool experience and kind of living out my dream
0: here. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you, I mean, share as much as you'd like or as little as you'd like, of course, but like where do you want the show to be? Yeah. when you get to the the point of saying, okay, now's the time to talk to sponsors or, or right now, like we're in building mode. Like, is there a yeah. certain number of like episode listens or or a certain ranking or whatever? Yeah. How are you guys thinking about this?
1: Yeah, I mean, right now it's crazy. Like our views are actually pretty pretty great. Like if you look at Instagram, okay. especially like I think we're at like 1,300 followers, but we're averaging like 30,000 views per post. Um, and in terms of listens, actually, we're still waiting for the final data to come in. We're at around 15, 20,000 listens per episode right now. So oh, like, that, that is the, according to Tim Ferriss, that's where you can start. <laughs> yeah, right. So we're feeling really pretty great. And again, I think typically a lot of people go down the path of like, let's grab an affiliate network then and start pumping ads in. But again, that's not the approach we really yeah. want to take. I think with us, again, we'll probably look at a sponsor if it makes sense past the midway point. So maybe around May and June, uh, again, season one kind of follows the year as well. So 2023 will be season one, 2024 will be season two. I think by the midway point, both in terms of listens and also by the way, in terms of the amount of content we have coming out and the guests as well that we've already featured or have already interviewed, I think it'll put us in the best position to go to a sponsors and especially the ones we want that make the most sense to be able to get them on board. Um, there's so much more though, like phase two of our project for 2024 might include an RB and then traveling throughout Europe and then we're not East, surprised, having a gaming simulator and a podcast yeah. video in the back. And then phase three is really building this into a broader media company. So post 2025, you know, if we continue to work on this project, can we start even taking some revenue and sponsoring kids into karting? Because it's a really expensive sport. Can we potentially start putting out not just audio content, but written content as well? Um, can we also start, you know, obviously profiling people in other types of racing, not just Formula One, Formula Two, Formula Three, but indie, for example, yeah. rally racing, endurance. You know, this is the type of stuff we'd want to do even in the future. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, this is so exciting. I mean, and this is where like you can just see, you know, knowing some of your backstory and even what you shared today, I mean... You can see where all this all your worlds are mixing, right? Like you spent yep. you spent a lot of time, obviously, providing really good value for brands and so forth. So you know, you know, you know what 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 they're looking for, and you also know what on the consumer side of things, like what they're looking for. And it's just it's creating a ideally a win win situation, right? With engaging and just authentic, real content, which yep. and you're having fun
1: doing it. I mean, <laughs> it it's great fun. To see it's. It's as much as like the 40 days in Europe at the start of the year was a ton of work. And when I say a ton of work, like I still have back issues right now because of like dragging lighting equipment and luggage (laughs) to like random airports and driving two hours outside of Amsterdam to reach this random city called the Mello and stuff like that. Like we we went to like 10 countries in 40 days and it was a ton of work. But like, oh, like it was so much fun as well. Like and we knew how we were to be able to even do it. Right. So um yeah, just thankful kind of for, for the opportunity to be able to do something like this. How did you approach
0: booking the guests and yeah. like getting to people that you may yeah. have, you know, maybe you didn't have relationships with and so forth?
1: Yeah, so we twofold. I think one, we brought on a partner called Formula Addict. So formula.addict, oh, yeah. they have about 800,000 followers on social media. Their biggest is on Instagram. Um, And they're easily the fastest growing motorsport page on the internet. They have an incredible reach. Their kid actually who runs that, he's a kid. He's like 20 years old. His name's Effie. He's from Turkey. He is one of the most talented content creators that I know. He animates everything himself from scratch that he posts. He's incredibly committed to his art. And he obviously had a ton of drivers, mechanics, engineers, team bosses that were following him. So he decided to reach out to some of them on behalf of us. And then candidly, a lot of other guests as well, like, I think actually the majority of guests that we've had so far, and I think we've now recorded like 25, 26 guest episodes, they have come from just cold outreach, like yeah. emails and direct DMs over Instagram and a ton of following up with people and asking for referrals from existing guests that have already come on. So a lot of it is just doing what I as it is, do with entrepreneurship, which is how do you reach someone? Well, you just persistent. You try to find them wherever you can. And then once you build a relationship with them, you continue to hopefully provide them value where they want to help you back and return later on.
0: Yeah, love it. Uh, just a bit of a pivot. Uh, the s- same theme, but really more so on the mental fitness. I'm curious since you are interviewing a whole range of different people, right? It's not you know, it's not just like the top driver. It's the, yeah. it's the teams. It's any like you know, it's the people that are in the sport. Have you have you picked up any themes or noticing anything that they're doing? pretty consistently for their minds to, you know, just
1: operate in a pretty, you know, competitive sport. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think two things I've seen a lot of them do a social detox a lot. Like a lot of our guests have mentioned, like actually being quite open to like taking breaks on social media and not even doing it like when they had a problem, but actually doing it proactively. So like once every three months, they'll do a detox for two weeks. The second is obviously meditation using apps like Calm, Headspace. Um, that's been incredibly popular as well. So I think those two things came up quite a bit. Um, It's also worth noting though, like the more and more that I have dived personally into this space, I I just don't feel like there's ever the right answer either. Like everybody works in their own way, on their own schedule, in their own areas, their own spaces. And so I I find that it's very hard for me to like just get, oh, you just download Calm because it might not work for me. You know, as me who's tried Calm before, generally doesn't come out of it feeling that great. I don't personally use it. But if you told me, hey, go do a cold plunge and then go into a sauna and you'll come up feeling great and relaxed and mentally ready to go, that works for me. Like yeah. I went yeah. to other ship. I love doing alternative yeah. sauna. Like that that's what works for me personally. So yeah, again, just I think to have different ways of achieving mental fitness. And that's another big thing that I've learned just through all the answers that I've gotten from other people while we're interviewing them.
0: It's, I mean it's so important right it's, it's it's we we often forget that point
1: um when it comes to mental fitness, but
0: when you think of physical fitness, it's like just because you don't like you know soccer doesn't rule out all other sport and and physical movement right um so I always ask these questions, especially at the near the end of the show, just to get not to get a prescription but to get uh ideas, yep. for example, right because to then your point be like, oh yeah, okay, you know uh hot cold therapy at other ship like that that I can do or maybe meditation is my thing. In my case, I'm the exact same uh, as you and, and breath work has been really uh, such a blessing in my life because I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. you feel it right away. Yep. Uh, not to mention, you know, Other Shift's a, a good friend of the show as well. Uh, the team's been on on a few times. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's we, we have to find what works for us, right? But I think the key is to, to take some time and pause and to actually seek those things, right? Yep. So you mentioned a couple of your practices, but what... You know, let's just take real life example. You were out on the road. Things were a bit busy. um, Not your regular routine. What was the non-negotiable for you during that period?
1: I think, uh, number one, sleep. Like, I just had to get it. Like, and I think if you asked me three, four years ago on the pod, like, how important was sleep for me? I wouldn't have said it was. I think now, again, three, four years later, a little bit more mature, um sleep is something that's just a non-negotiable. Like I need to go to bed at a particular time, or even if I go to bed late, I need to get nine hours of sleep. That's just me. That's how I operate. Um, I think beyond that, just eating well as well. Like, even though we were always on the road, like Henny is actually really good at this. Like he is incredibly conscious of what he eats, um, protein count, carbohydrates. Like he looks at all of that sure that he balances it. So it was nice to have somebody beside me who was eating really well because they'd kind of influence you and and yeah. want you the same as well. And Especially then, on the road, right? It's so easy to just yeah. grab something fast. Exactly. And I think finally, and this is one thing they'd probably see a lot of times is like, you know, even though we were always with a big group, there were always times where I just wanted to get away from the group as well and just be on my own. And so... There were a lot of times in London, you know, because we're in a big Airbnb and we're all together always. Whenever we're at a shoot, we're all together always. When we're traveling, we're all together. When we're in a hotel, we're all together. There were just moments where I'm like, you know, I just need to be alone with my own thoughts. And so I'd walk around London on my own, go to cafes on my own and work out of there. That was very important for me as well.
0: Yeah. I just need to be alone and text myself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let me text myself. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this guy?
1: I love it. So, I mean, what what excites you about the the journey ahead? A lot, a lot. I think track limits, obviously, we're very excited, Uh, you know, getting more episodes out, going through season one. We're sitting on way too much content. So Mm -hmm. just excited to release it all and let people see what we've been doing. And then obviously on the surf side, there is a ton of stuff coming up. Like there's a mobile solution that we're launching in April, Mm. iOS initially on Android, hopefully in July or August. Um, We have some pretty cool AI and natural language processing models that we're playing around with on the enterprise side to help customers filter our data a lot quicker and essentially search questions up and get data-driven insights about those questions right away based on the data we're collecting on our users. Um, And then there's also an entirely new reward system that we're looking to put out in the next few months. Users can not only use their points for items and gift cards and discounts or giveaways. Uh, but what if we could also create like the world's first data lottery? What if we could allow people to get four four numbers every week? You get those four numbers right, you can earn up to a million dollars. That sort of concept. Oh wow! We're pretty excited to look at that and potentially implement something like that in the next few months. But between those two things, there's a ton there. Personally, yeah, speaking, continuing to be healthy, continuing to you know be with friends and family, produce music, which has been a big hobby of mine over the last few months. That's probably what I'm excited about before. Love it. Last question for you. What makes you smile each day? So much weather. Like, I think I love being now back in Toronto and so great. Even when Toronto is cold, I feel like the sunshine is still so apparent here. So love, okay. love the fact we're getting into summer now, which is great. Um, I love the projects I'm working on and the people that I'm working with. Like, I love to this very day, the team that we have at Surf and how it's growing. I love the team, obviously, at track limits. And it's not just Henny, Thevin and Mikey now. It's we have video editors, we have graphic designers, we obviously have a partner in the form of Effie out in Turkey. So it's been really cool to work with the team there. And I think finally, help, you know, like as somebody who, like I mentioned, during the pandemic, I I struggled mentally. um, And I I experienced, you know, levels of anxiety, even that I've never experienced before in late 2021. Um, I feel just like I've, not even come across the other side because it makes it seem like I overcome a problem. I feel like something like anxiety isn't something you necessarily overcome. I think it's something you manage and learn to deal with and learn to live with but yeah. i I do feel really happy that like stuff like that's happened. I have a really good support system that I know I can count on, but I also feel happy that I have kind of this toolkit you almost yeah, the tools get like yeah equipped to like deal with this stuff, even if it comes up on your own
0: well. I mean, I for one thank you for a sharing that, and of course, sharing some of your tools, and just continuing to show up as as you, and putting you know putting that curiosity out there, and following the curiosity, and you know, it's just been really fun to watch the the journey evolve, and and I'm I feel like I'm equally excited to see. I'm like, I, I'm I'm curious to see what comes out of like the unknown of of some of the stuff that you're working on because there's. There's definitely, you know, there's beautiful things that are kind of blossoming that you're putting out there that y- you can't even you can't even imagine what will come out of some some of that stuff, right? When that's so exciting, yeah. And um, you know, puts for the most part, uh, I think puts you know nice smiles on people's faces. So thank you for Thanks. for that. No worries. What what about you, Mark? What are you what are you looking forward to? Well, a lot of that that same like I, like I mentioned before, we hit record. You know, working in a on this film series, which I like, I know nothing about that, that world at all. So, I mean, I've had so many conversations with directors and producers and just trying to be curious about that space and, and just continuing, continuing to be excited that people are talking more and more about putting their minds first. Yeah. And, you know, like my mission, whether it's film series, podcast books, or working with teams uh, to help them train them up to be mentally fit is like this stuff is, it's accessible, you yeah. know. It's practical. Like, let's just make this stuff available so that we can, you know, suffer less mentally. I think we all deserve that. Yep. So, so that excites me because I feel like, especially over, you know, Keo kicked that off. You know, it was it was, you know, the story. I mean, it was really hard to shut down that app, it, and yep. that that's when my mind was starting to self destruct just going through that process. Mm-hmm. But it, it's got me to this place. And I feel like the right tribe just continues to show up. And it's like, oh yeah, and in the collaborations and like, yeah, and it's all, you know, it's all to help other people
1: and ourselves as well. That feels nice. So I'm excited for more of that. And I love that the core mission for you is still the same, really, right? Like it's it's still about educating the masses about mental fitness. And I love the fact that you've kept up with this podcast as well. So just kudos to you. Because again, there are a lot of people that there are a lot of people, let's just say that they look at trends and they jump on the latest trend. They jump on the latest trend and that's great. But there are very few people that are incredibly purpose driven. And the best examples of people that are purpose driven are those who, even in the face of you know rejection and even in the face of things not going their way, continue to just stick core to their mission. And I think you've done that really well. So just kudos to you. I appreciate that. It means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for everyone to
0: for listening and tuning in. Please jump on over to it's uh, joinsurf right joinsurf.ca or .com .com.com.com awesome.com and then of course track limits i'll put this on the show notes um, yeah. it's just great really great content and uh, you know if you're looking for a pick me up and just something different if, if you haven't been in this world i mean i highly encourage it so thanks again and until next time